0: Hey, just a heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is about The Thing, directed by John Carpenter and written by Bill Lancaster and John W. Campbell Jr. Some relevant trigger warnings for this movie include animal death, infection, suicide, extreme gore, and our host Frank, this movie as scary. If you'd like to learn more about the movie discussed this evening, please visit our website progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm for show notes and a transcript. After the spooky music, we'll talk about the movie in full, be forewarned there will be spoilers now let's get on with the show
1: good evening and welcome to progressively horrified the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to (laughs) good evening and welcome to progressively horrified the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to and guys here's the thing Hey! Hey! I am your host, Jerry Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and Cenobites. First, they're here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary. My co-host, Ben Codd. Ben, how are you tonight?
2: Well, I'll tell you, if me being a snarky asshole about movies is any part of this show's appeal, tune in next week. This
1: is another me gushing about a cinematic <laughs> classic episode. And the cinnamon roll of Cenobites, our co-host, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily?
3: I'm wondering what science they're doing in Antarctica. All of it. If you look at the, the jobs that
1: people supposedly have in this. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, all the science, every science forever. And tonight but... we have two excellent guests. First comic writer, who you might know from writing the psycho Gorman comic land Pitts. Lan,
4: How are you? I'm also an eye scientist currently in Antarctica. So yes. I can't <laughs> speak on that. Frozen eye science, yeah.
2: <laughs> Which of them were the scientists? Because their jobs were just—they had like helicopter pilot.
1: It's put, all of them except the one who survived. Guy. Yeah,
2: I thought that was like I'm professional radio guy. Like, radio science. I, I am here as full time professional flame wielder I uh, looked
1: them all up, so I will hit them in the uh, yeah thing in With just a minute here. Also, returning from our earlier discussion of Friday the Thirteenth, noted. Jason Voorhees, apologist and defender, comics editor
5: Kevin Kettner. Kevin, how are you? I'm great. I'm not in the Antarctic, so... (laughs) But it is relatively cold, right? What were they studying? It
2: kind of just seemed to be like, can a group of dudes just hang out in Antarctica for a while?
4: (laughs) They were investigating the situation, because if anyone remembers how this movie starts with the dog, I can't remember what language it is, but they didn't translate it they Norwegian. didn't like Norwegian you know? right so he's saying the dog the dog is dog is something else and yeah. so Norwegians they knew up front that the dog was the bad guy Norwegian. because they seeing this movie
1: get it spoiled real early <laughs> real early but like what did the group of Americans
2: like what did they originally go to Antarctica
1: to study? What stuff is like when it's cold, I assume.
2: I yeah. guess they yeah. just need to all be hanging out, drinking, playing chess. Like I saw them like do no pre-the thing like science.
1: <laughs> A guy shows up and starts shooting at them, and the doctor's like, fuck guys, let's go check out the base and see what's going on. Cause we live in fucking Antarctica and there's
4: No, there. no, McGready and Copper. Yeah, they they're investigating what happened. That's why they're there. Like, Why did this guy go crazy and everything?
3: Well, they were already there, though. Like they were everybody was already there. Just this one helicopter came through and was like, what did a dog do on days where he doesn't wear a giant cowboy hat and drink. He wears his baby slut shirt.
5: He <laughs> he just drinks. He just doesn't wear the hat.
3: Yeah, and plays bad chess on the very expensive computer for 1982. Now
5: I did not have very many notes for this movie,
2: and I don't know Dick all about helicopter pilots. So if there are any helicopter (laughs) pilot listeners who want to step in here, why does it seem to specifically be his flying oversized cowboy hat? Does it help him? Like, if there are any pilots, does it
3: help like make you more aerodynamic as a pilot? I will say,
1: Kurt Russell hair, you gotta like. Keep it under something.
3: Also, when you're in the snow, you need, like, shade. You need some other, something else for your eyeballs, because otherwise you're going to go snow blind.
1: Lucky we didn't get the baseball, you know, eye black.
3: Yeah. All right. I drew
1: the the short show on uh, doing the uh, recap for this. I'm going to try and keep it not too terribly long. Uh, This is directed by the one and only John Carpenter. Uh, It is written by Bill Lancaster. It is based on a story by John W. Campbell, Jr. I will uh, hit all the stars here in a minute as i go through it because it gets confusing real quick because there's a lot of guys and there's suddenly a, a lot, lot of guys. guys
2: oh i will hoot and holler. there's really deep analysis this movie fucking rules
1: yeah. oh yeah the only thing i don't like about this movie is it explains maybe a bit more than it even has to because we start off with the beginning credits of this uh very cheap looking flying saucer
3: <laughs> flying into <Earth's laughs> atmosphere. yeah i didn't need that
1: we jump. I guess, several thousand years ahead from there, or we'll be told that it's several thousand years later. And it's winter 1982 in Antarctica, where at the United States National Science Institute Outpost 31, apparently there are 30 other ones of this, they're sending a lot of stuff at these outposts. We meet a group of Americans who are out there researching things at these. Uh, they are Kurt Russell as McReady, who is a helicopter pilot and a sore chess loser, Wilford Brimley as Blair, a cautious and soon-to-be-paranoid biologist. Keith David as Child, the hot-headed mechanic. Richard Masser as Clark, a stoic dog handler. T.K. Carter as Knowles, the easygoing cook. David Clemens as Palmer, the conspiracy theorist assistant mechanic. Charles Hallahan as Norris, a quiet and awkward geologist. That's uh, two fucked-up geologists in a row. Thank you if you listened to the uh, last obvious. episode. <laughs> Uh, We have Richard Dysart as Dr. Copper, who is a curious physicist, Peter Maloney as Bennings, a doomed meteorologist, Uh, Donald Moffat as Gary, a gun-having station commander, Joel Paulus as Fuchs, a justifiably terrified assistant biologist, and Thomas G. Waits as Windows, the glasses-wearing radio operator.
3: Named Uh, after the computer.
1: So we start off with the base being circled by a Norwegian helicopter who's uh, shooting at the world's best dog actor, Jed the Malamute. Uh, I blame John McCain for the fact that I can't see the beginning of this movie without thinking of Sarah Palin, unfortunately. People on helicopters shooting at wolves. Uh, When the dog approaches the American base, the Norwegian team lands and tries to kill it. Accidentally blows up their own helicopter. Then shoots Bennings in the leg while trying to shoot the dog, prompting Gary to destroy a window on a base that's facing sub-zero temperature so that he can shoot the Norwegian in the head. could have just opened the door. He's right next to it. Uh, the, group tries to, the group tries to hail the installation uh, for emergency help, but winter has started and no signals are getting through. They can't reach the Norwegian base. They can't reach help. Doc Copper wants to investigate and toxic with Greedy into flying him to the Norwegian base. Here they find at least 10 things which would have me running without further investigation. The place is smoldering, there are dead bodies everywhere. A large block of ice, it seems to have been excavated and had something removed. There is a smoking corpse of something semi-humanoid, but definitely not human and too weird and large to possibly be human. Uh, so they pack that up and take it back to the base. So why not? Meanwhile, the dog is cautiously wandering around the station. How can a dog seem so suspicious? How does this dog seem suspicious? I guess it's the ennio In- americone music is making this dog seem very nefarious.
3: <laughs> It's also looking really intensely. Yeah. This dog,
1: this dog is a hell of an actor. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I don't know who's coaching this dog or what, but like, I really believe this dog was up to some shit. So Mac and Copper arrives at the body and Doc Blair does an alien autopsy. He concludes that it has very normal human organs. What a relief. Clark puts the dog in the kennel with the other dog and it immediately starts transforming into a gruesome hunk of pulsating meat and tentacles. Inserts eating dogs whole. parks out and decides to, it to, it to go get everybody else. Maxi decides to get a thrower because he's going to nuke the fuck out of this thing. They find video logs from the Norwegians at the dig site. They head out there and find a partially excavated flying saucer and a square missing from the ice that looked like probably where they cut out that block of ice is at the Norwegian base. In the one part of the movie that truly stands out as aging poorly and dropping unneeded expedition. Doc Blair watches the computer simulation that shows him how the alien cells <laughs> infect, <laughs> them form, and then imitate other cells. Which is followed by the computer volunteering, without any prompting, that there's a seventy-five percent chance that somebody in the team is already infected.
3: You don't know that he didn't program ridiculous
1: numbers that. about how if the thing gets out, it's going to overtake Earth's population overnight. You know, it happens. he's just staring at this computer, and this computer's like, you know. Incredible. Uh, it's a good chance that somebody
5: is. here is already an alien. <laughs> but it Ow. wasn't about everything though, so it's really it really shouldn't have the impact it does.
3: The computer is just really salty that the chess master was like liquored and short circuited. Yeah, like I think that the, the from
1: uh, the chess master. Yeah.
3: Is
1: dead. <laughs> I think what yeah. a great twist if it
2: revealed there was no thing and it was just the computer getting revenge on Mac for her. Playing. <laughs> It's chef's compatriot slash true love. (laughs)
1: Uh, So, meanwhile, the corpse that they brought home is proving to be less dead than they thought. It starts to absorb Bennings, but they catch it before it's completely changed over, and they barbecue it. Bennings is their first one out. Goodbye, Bennings. Blair is convinced that they can't leave this place because they'll infect everything, so he trashes the helicopter and heads into the base to start fucking shit up. Max subdues him, and they lock him in a separate cabin. Everyone is suspicious of copper and Clark. And so they, they start tying people up. Uh, they find ripped up clothes and The Mac believes. The thing rips through your clothes once it takes you over. Fuchs is rightly paranoid and begins telling Mac everything he's worried about. But then he finds Mac's torn clothes hidden away, and he apparently decides to just go ahead and, br- and burn himself alive at that point. Because the one guy he trusted, he thinks is probably an alien now. So goodbye, right. Fuchs. Goodbye forever. <laughs> Fuchs is not here for the action movie. Um, this is not what he signed us for. Knowles uh, and Mac go out to investigate Mac's cabin because there's lights on. Noles, and I guess Mac is my dad. Only Noll i the thermostat, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, there's lights on. We're going out through this fucking disastrous snowstorm to turn that shit off. It's wasting energy. I mean, they returns saying that he found Mac's torn and hidden clothes and cut him loose in the storm. Mac, meanwhile, breaks in through the, the storm outside And everyone thinks he's the thing because he survived it all. Uh, He keeps them from killing him by threatening to blow them up with dynamite. He's got (laughs) a a cartoonish hunk of dynamite, which he will continue to carry around for a large portion of this movie, like a prop. In the struggle, Norris falls and his heart seems to stop. So they bring Copper in to try and save him, which is when his entire chest (laughs) opens up and eats Copper's arms. They come right off. Yeah, they they chomp right through those things. Yeah, very strong stomach teeth.
3: wish my stomach teeth were that strong. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and he starts mutating into something horrible. Mac fries him, but not before his head grows legs and tries to run away. They toast that, too. So now we've lost Norris and Copper as well. Mac's going to tie everyone up, and we're going to do a blood test. But Clark decides he'd rather attempt to stab Mac uh, and get shot in the head for that. So bye, Clark. We have the absolute classic blood test scene in which uh, the movie pulls an okey-doke, and leads you to expect one result while revealing that uh Palmer is actually the thing, which is shaking and mutating while still tied to the others. <laughs> he starts eating windows before anybody can stop him. And Mac eventually torches both of them. So finally Mac has destroyed Windows.
3: Can I interject something right here in this sure. part of the film? This is really hilarious because they're like they have this big climactic, not the climactic, but a climactic scene where they're like burning everybody in this room, and then they cut to Later, everyone's still tied up, and they're like, okay, got to finish testing them. (laughs) No smoke.
2: There is something so great in just their reactions of being tied to this monster on a couch just screaming.
1: Yeah, that's the one part I feel like he didn't fully consider when he set up this whole uh, tying everybody up thing. (laughs) The thing would then reveal itself and be tied to everybody else but him. Uh, So now we're down to the cleared Mac Childs, Knolls, and Gary. They realize that Doc Blair is out there in the cabin and vulnerable, so Mac, Knolls, and Gary go to save him, leaving Childs alone to hold down the fort. They continue to be bad at this math thing. Like, they're just constantly <laughs> splitting the party and leaving one person alone. When they arrive, they find Blair uh, missing from this cabin he was locked into. And the locked door is open despite only being able to open from the outside. They also discover that he's dug a whole tunnel under this thing, and he has partially built a spacecraft under there. Uh, he's apparently been locked in there for quite some time. The the time is a little difficult to keep track of in this movie. Either he's very quick, a very quick builder, or he's been in there for a while.
3: Well, all his other hands came out to like help with the construction.
4: <laughs> he's yeah. nothing but hands. He's very hands-on.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, uh, so so yeah. we we now know that Blair is the thing, and we don't know how long he's been the thing, but he definitely is now. Uh, so. Goodbye, Blair. They catch sight of Childs running off through the snow for God knows where, just before the power goes out completely. The thing has cut the generator and clearly plans to refreeze and be rescued later. They can't let that happen. They're not going to survive without the heat, and they can take this thing with them. Uh, so Gary, Knowles, and Mac uh, start blowing up the whole facility a piece at a time, using all the dynamite and the flamethrower, leaving finally underground to the generator room, the one place they haven't checked. They immediately decide to split up and lose sight of each other down here. And wouldn't you know it, the Blair thing eats Gary immediately. Goodbye, Gary.
2: (laughs) Not just eats him, sticks his hand in his face and merges his hand with his face. And then drags him behind him like a plastic bag. Drags him behind while Gary is still alive, now unable to scream because his face, his his mouth is turned into a
5: monster's hand. It's very, very intimate. Yeah. The practical effects are
2: fucking legendary.
5: Yeah, Gary gets legendarily fucked
1: up, and Nulls, I guess, also dies. He walks down the hallway after <laughs> Gary has been taken out, and we don't ever see him again, so I guess he's dead. The thing then comes rushing under the floorboards and steals the dynamite plunger, uh, trying to kill Mac. Uh, so Mac manually lights the dynamite and yells, yeah, well, fuck you too, at the creature before <laughs> blowing it, and the whole base to hell. Mac finally climbs up the stairs, and collapses in exhaustion, only to have childs emerge from the shadows. And rather than be suspicious, they figure if one of them is the thing, they're pretty much dead anyway. So they decide to share a drink as they wait to freeze to death. The end.
3: Yay!
1: That wasn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so surprisingly, like, dark ending for what's generally a pretty fun movie. <laughs> I guess that's all to do with your perspective on uh, grisly murders of these sorts.
2: I mean, this does the great, like, space horror like alien did, like prometheus didn't get this right because it just kept throwing red shirts in left and right <laughs> but this does not right like it introduces us to an incredibly finite amount of cast in an environment they cannot naturally survive in and then we watch as the cast just gets dwindled one after another by a murder monster where each death is meaningful because you know no help is coming, and with every kill, that's one less person that can help the group.
5: I also love that it's sort of like the reverse John Wick, where like if they had killed the dog, nothing would have happened.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, I mean, in a long enough timeline, the dog would have assimilated everybody again. Have... Crossover that is like John Wick <laughs> gets a new dog
2: and it's <laughs> the thing. Now they're going around the world being horror monster assassin bodies. I'd watch and, that. God, when that dog was in the kennel and like tendrils just started flailing all out of it. Like there's a reason this is the unimpeachable benchmark for body horror and has been and is
5: untouched for the last literally 40 years. So good. And I love it, like when you read about it and it's like when it came out, like critics made fun of the effects and it was like what? insane. We're like well, what are you talking about? It's amazing.
3: This is the Sistine Chapel in horror practical effects. I think they just didn't have the context <laughs> to figure out what they were seeing. Yeah, um, they haven't
5: seen forty Marvel movies with CGI to let them know how good they were having it at the time.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> right when the head drips off the body, not just like falls off or stuff drips off. And then grows spider legs. And then, while
3: David Cronenberg's like,
2: right. <laughs> I'm going to become a broken record real fast. This movie is just putting out iconography, every scare that other movies could only dream they could achieve
5: once in their runtime. Is there a better jump scare than when he's got the wire and he puts it in the blood and it just like. <laughs> I've seen this movie plenty of times and it still gets me. Yeah. The way they set it up is like,
1: okay, you know when the jump scare is coming. You know when it's coming. It's the next one. It's the next one. And oh, no, it's this one. (laughs) Like, it's so perfectly timed and it fakes you out in a way that, like, jump scares rarely succeed at doing.
2: A criticism of this movie I think it's act three is a little rushed, where once they're down there and then it's just like, throw the dynamite done. Like, it feels. Like, uh, surprisingly short amount of the movie. As for the fact that, like, knowledge just disappears. He doesn't even get a death scene.
1: Yeah, like, my two criticisms of it are that it explains more than it has to. uh, Mm -hmm. For a movie that does such a good job of explaining things as they're going on, as, like, you know, because of the way the effects are done, you can see what's happening. You don't have to, like, have them explain quite so much. You don't need the computer simulation and you don't need the bit before the credits. Well, I
2: mean, I need the like two and a half solid minutes of footage of asteroids level computer graphics
1: <laughs> showing <laughs>
3: the same <laughs>
1: process of a cell getting taken over repeatedly. Yeah. What? It's so funny because I think some of it is like we're looking at this through the lens of people who have seen a few dozen things inspired by this movie. That have, you know, gotten to take the shortcut by things by movies like this existing. Mm-hmm. But I think from a standpoint now, you look at it and you're like, oh wow, like I can get the biologist being freaked out and wanting to make sure that nobody leaves without a very long bad uh, computer <laughs> simulation.
3: I don't know. I feel like the computer simulation for me, and this might be just my aesthetic, but it's so vague and weird. It does remind me of the computer in Alien. Which is just the display. I mean, I feel like the mother is a lot more effective as what it does. But there's something about that just kind of chunky computer trying its best to show us graphics that is a little charming to me. Especially in something that is about body horror and things that we don't quite understand. We don't really see. We can't really get a, a full rendered picture of what it is so we just get these blobs of pixels
1: yeah i mean the computer stuff didn't really exist at the time that the original like short story and everything were written yeah it was all done with slides and like the actual biology that Wolford Grimley supposedly does. So like, I, I think it would have worked great to just use blood slides. I think maybe people in, you know, the time this comes oh, out yeah. wouldn't have been as familiar with that maybe. But I, I think you could have definitely gotten At point the very
2: correct. least, I think we could have just had it take over one cell and not three. I think we got it after the first one. Yeah. Also, all the summaries are like, and then Wilford Brimley goes crazy. I'm like, Wilford Brimley is entirely sane up until he gets, like, turned into the thing off screen. His destroying the helicopter and the radio, like, that is entirely logical. Well, he needs to communicate, though. He needs to communicate. But at heart, he is entirely sane, and he is taking the most logical and, like, rational train of logic. Like... I like, don't know. Doing I doing the right thing. He is immediately prioritizing the survival of global ecosystems over individual survival.
3: Definitely a biologist and not a sociologist. <laughs> Again, I do not know how accurate that is.
2: Also, the thing every time it's discovered is like, well, time to just eat, eat, eat. Like, it can speak. It's capable of imitating a person. It has memories. You think it may be like, would try to be like, guys, I know I'm a crazy alien, but I promise I'm a good guy. I don't know. Don't no, learn, I don't
4: think so. I, I don't think
2: yeah. We could talk this out.
4: It needs something, I think, to make that work. It's sort of like, a, I mean, obviously. I'm not like saying a... that
2: should have happened. It shouldn't. It probably would have an oh, arc shark jump. no. <laughs> But I'm just saying, <laughs> you right. It's a thing. It just kinda... the
4: thing could have done. <laughs> it makes a tentacle with like a little amount yeah, of that, tentacle. That's not an actual yeah.
2: criticism. I'm like I'm glad the movie didn't do that.
4: Oh, I'm not. glad it. Yeah,
2: I'm now well, the thing speaking in. I don't know. Probably Charles Dance's voice. That. <laughs> <beautiful.
4: laughs> no, let's well, think of like screen villains in 1982. More than likely, it probably would have been David Warner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. David- David Warner or Peter Cushing, yeah. probably Vincent mm-hmm. Price, one of those for sure.
3: Yeah, so. I'm just
1: gonna just wait until the end and have yeah. Lord for Brimley give a villainous
5: monologue. You know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just so glad we didn't get that. Like <laughs> you, yeah. you and I are a lot alike. You know, I came from under ice. You live on top
3: of it. We both like alcohol <laughs> with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Hey, I'm a chain bee man
2: too. So <laughs> fucking much money. Into our military and CIA, like even if we were given tens of billions of dollars Ooh. for all the mad scientist stuff, and here we are just getting our fucking asses head to us by the Norwegians, who apparently just found and excavated a whole alien super bio weapon, and we weren't on top of that at all. Listen, dropping the ball. Listen, Nobody got
3: us beat on the alien finding game. A, Norway's whole, like, spending situation is a little bit more organized from what I can tell. That's what I'm saying. Terrible priorities. We definitely would have put more into alien finding than school lunches. Well, okay, so the second the guy's like, I don't know why the Norwegian went crazy cabin fever, and I'm like, that Norwegian did not get cabin fever. He did get alien. That was explained in the film. Norwegians can't get cabin fever, you know? Why? Because they come from Norway. Like, That's just cabin normal. Yeah, this is cabin like they know what's that's why they could do shit like that. I don't know. I'm I'm making this up. I'm not postulating that Norwegians have like UFO finding superpowers, but they have snow.
1: They do have snow. That is their. Well,
3: I didn't know where you were going with that argument, but in the end,
2: I find nothing I can disagree with. They Norwegians (laughs) do have snow.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Thank Um, you. Good night.
1: So I I guess my question is, like, there's a complete lack of women whatsoever in this movie. Is, this movie- is that a problem? Like,
3: no, I no.
1: Other than the chess robot being played by think- Adrian Barbeau for some reason. I guess she was just there. <laughs> this is the kind of
2: thing where you look at Alien and that's a movie that like throws out like, hey, here's some random blue collar workers. And like, you know, you got Ripley, your main character. But even aside from Ripley, it's just like, hey, here's. One other girl who's still just like a space cargo mover, like they absolutely could have had like Benning's could have been like a actress or something like that. Like it wouldn't have made a difference in the movie. It wouldn't have suddenly introduced feminist themes or made it a feminist movie. This is the kind of thing. Like there's no reason the cast needed to be all dudes, but for the roles they were, it's not like. It's an overly macho, misogynistic movie, as reflected by all dudes. Like, it's it didn't have to be that way, but it's whatever. Is
4: my kind of do they off. do they even talk about women? No,
3: no, which is surprising <laughs> for a movie about like a bunch of dudes living by themselves and like they had that rec room. I believe right. there's a poster. On the wall that had a woman's face on it but it was not like a pinup it was i can't remember who it was but it was like a music closure smoke- not
1: an
2: army base they smoke weed which made me happy that they have weed in Antarctica.
3: also one Wolf. of the guys had a nose ring Did he? yeah one of the guys had a nose ring it was the i think it was the doctor's assistant or something like one of the older guys that wasn't wilford brimley
4: okay. Okay. Wilford Brimley oh, had a nose I ring would... cool it
2: was oh, not him wilford brimley with nose wilford. would be great Look, I already think Hard Target's a great movie, but I think it's even <laughs> <we've been> better. <laughs> Let me fire Photoshop up <laughs> now. I feel like a How do you feel about a Hard, hard account, Target? I would like. There's a Hard, hard Target hard. too, like coming out. Nobody. Oh man, I I didn't know there was a sequel.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it came out in uh, 2015,
2: 2016.
4: Oh wow! You're welcome. I mean,
2: does it somehow bring Lance Hendrickson back? Because I kind of feel like he got the more screen time <laughs> than anyone else in that <laughs> No. My favorite thing about Hard Target is apparently when they hit it in the original cut to see it was like, why is there so much more Lance Hendrickson <laughs> screen time than Jean Claude Van Damme? You know, Lance Hendrickson isn't the
1: protagonist
2: of this movie, right?
1: We uh, didn't no. video and stars Scott Adkins. Oh, man. Oh, nice. I,
2: God, I feel like just the moment I heard straight to video, I could have just guessed and starred Scott Adkins. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, yeah.
2: No disrespect to Blake's revenge, or maybe a little disrespect to Boyka's revenge. I don't know. Norris, but, I'm pretty sure Norris had the nose ring. Wait. That doesn't sound like the Norris we knew. My favorite moment is in Norris moment, aside from the obvious, like his chest opens up and eats a dude's arms is when Gary says like, well, I can't be leader. I don't think anything one will have a problem with you, Norris. And it cuts over to Norris. And it's honestly the first time the camera has lingered on his face, the entire self. <laughs> and he has a face that looks like even he didn't realize he was a character in the movie. <laughs>
1: Although he looks like he does not want to be part of this
5: no it's like me this is a court appointed assignment for him
2: like he honestly looks like he's like i russell Crowe's not like russell Crowe. kurt russell's that way i think <laughs> I miss out point
5: oh,
3: copper it's copper who has the nose ring Was anyone okay. else
2: distracted by like constantly wanting to run your fingers through Kurt Russell's hair during this film.
3: I <laughs> I it, that's just part of Kurt Russell's like, appearance. Yeah, I don't know about this film, but definitely maybe like Escape from
4: New York. He oh, yeah, a, He
2: had a mane on him in this one. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, he did, but it was very, it wasn't powerful. I don't feel like it was powerful. I feel like it maybe be like beach here. I'd give it a beach here. Like it's not Escape from New York, or Big Trouble, which yeah. is S-tier Kurt Russell hair.
5: Yeah, because yeah, uh, uh, the, the power's in the formation <laughs> of that mullet. Like, it's right, right. Like, yeah. yeah, It's not like I just let my hair grow. It was like, you know what? I'm going to trim it up here, but yeah. not back here. Yeah, and it was right.
3: sculpted in those films. Yeah. And in yeah. this movie, it was just... I think that was part of the uh, allure of his hair in this movie is that it was a little bit more natural. Where do we rank Kirk Russell's hockey
2: coach haircut from Miracle? I <laughs> recall? I mean, we can get a chart going real oh, fast.
3: Yeah. Well, well, we can do that know, on Sunday. I <laughs> want to know where
2: ego falls, both modern day ego and like last best
4: ego. Where he had, like, Ron Perlman from Beauty and the Beast hair. Shit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Now,
3: that's a mane, but, like, that's an actual mane.
4: Literal. I'm pretty
3: sure he's wearing yeah. a lion. Yeah. Because he is one.
1: Yeah. Also, Escape from New York does that thing where he never actually has his head straight. He's always just looking at things sideways. And...
3: Oh, yeah. Well, because he only has the one eye, you see. Yeah. So he has to, like, tilt. Yeah, but, you I guess. see that? I
2: still can't get over that fuck Wilfred Brimley's fucking computer. <laughs> <laughs> the Bad chance of that you know, there's aliens like what inputs did he put in what html codes i guess maybe it runs on 80s linux i don't know how to i think it's anymore. a Linux. i think it's like we're talking c plus like, plus here what did <laughs> what commands did he have to input to get the time estimation for
1: all life on earth eradicated
3: command
1: <laughs> cell co- colon dog this was definitely a software black. ai because it's like Huh. How long would it take to eradicate all human life on like, Earth? How long <laughs> were they doing this? Did he have
5: to write the software to calculate this and then I'll well, tell him? Well, that's what they were doing in Antarctica because, like, because the computer would overheat. Otherwise, it needed to be in a really cold place to run the calculation. Go.
3: Oh, it's doing Bitcoin. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> or <no>. Of course. <laughs> no. no, but like. Can't let the they... alien take over the blockchain. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, it will perfectly imitate any NFT. <laughs> but that's that's what it was doing. It was trying to become the next artist. It was becoming like it was using the the AI inputs to create life. Like again, like I'm saying,
2: I'm just saying like there's a different, less good version of the movie where Benning's the thing gets caught, hands all fucked up, they've gotten surrounded, and the thing is like, I think I can still talk my way out of this. <laughs> I do prefer I, his, like, like I I'd like to think the thing was going, like, I think I can still convince him I'm the real guy. You
3: know, it's like when you're drunk was, like, and you're preparing you a
1: speech and all it got out was, yeah. Like, <laughs> thing nailed it. They definitely can not tell you're an alien. Like, hold on. I got this. The vocal cords are definitely fully formed. Let me try this. Just. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> right. Oops.
3: Yeah. Hey. Well, maybe the thought- computer was, like, actually, like, maybe there was something going on with the computer, because the first thing that fucking Blair went after was the computer. Like, he was destroying the shit out of that computer. So maybe and there was something was going on there. Ash,
2: David, like, alien cyborg thing, where it's like, the thing, the perfect life form. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Man, what, that's about we to the, the
4: radio there. I think that was
2: versus the thing. Okay.
4: So has anyone actually read the original novella?
2: I
3: have No. no.
4: About it, but not read it. So there's the novella, and then there's the uh, the Hawks movie. Yeah, the, the thing Hawk, from the the Another, thing Another,
3: Another World,
4: Another World, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. You have and the, the other, two other one is who goes there. Yep. That well, that's the novella.
3: The novella, yeah,
4: yeah. The novella is that one.
3: Yeah, uh, the thing
1: from Another World guest stars in Halloween, which you know he's made just a few years before he'll end up remaking the thing from Another World.
3: Yeah, John had his. He knew what he had his sights set on. He's like, I'm gonna put this guy in a Kirk mask, and then I'm gonna get some money, and then I'm gonna recognize, and then I'm gonna do this thing. Because- Have you read
4: the novella? Later? What now? Have you read, read the, the novella? novella. Uh, my dad had like a whole bunch of like horror stuff from like No Name People to uh, if anybody remembers the Necroscope series. I was a huge fan of that one. Man,
2: back. that just sounds like a telescope that t- that shows you dead people from. That clock.
4: sounds. Uh, you're 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 not t- too far off yeah uh, No, it, it was about this whole thing of like super powered vampires of this guy like, that speaks to the dead if he went into like another world but yeah uh i i read a lot of teen stuff and horror stuff with my dad and so i read that i was probably maybe eight or nine uh, but my dad was also the part-time parent so any nightmares that we had on my brother and i had nightmares uh <laughs> were somebody else's problem after they were so like I remember watching Pet cemetery for the first time, and not because of, like, anything that actually happened at the cemetery, but the subplot between, it was Rachel's sister Zelda, and her, like, multiple sclerosis, and it was, like, her and the stairs and the makeup they put the actor in just destroyed me as a child. I don't know, I was an easily scared kid, like, the scene in Batman where Joker kills Antoine with the buzzer and eats, like, the skeleton, that used to scare me. I was an easily scared child, so now, 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 not so much, but I, I think I still harbor again, those.
2: If it makes you feel better, I can once again tell the story of how in preschool, I was so scared of the song, The Monster Mash. I, w- <laughs> yeah. I would literally flee from any room where it was playing.
3: I love that. I love that. <laughs> they're just, Ben, they're just having a party. Yeah, but they are monsters. monsters. They're like, every monster is there. Yeah. Ben has a point.
4: Right. I get that. but Why? The point that Ben doesn't make is <laughs> we don't know what the monster mash sounds like. We yeah, do though. Like, they
3: have a song about it. No, 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 no. it's, it's song song about, about about that song. You know, it's about the. It's mon- like Tenacious D <laughs>
2: tribute. Tribute. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. The song okay. is about the monster mash, not the actual monster mash itself. So, so maybe all right. I, yeah. Maybe. Maybe the hint of mystery and eeriness there. It was like, the foreboding, like, like, like what does that sound like?
2: My four year old sure. brain was, I think, was filling in the blanks. It's like, I'm seeing what the monster mash must
3: be, and it's terrifying. That's it's terrifying. Like, <laughs> you know, I think that's the one Space Odyssey going through that monolith like a <laughs> right, werewolf right. and vampire in a the puppy. Guy. Yeah. So we just
4: and watched it, a bunch of horror. Like, I mean, I was 10, but like, interview with the vampire movie just came out on VHS. We rented that. There was something, uh, Dr. Giggles, if anyone remembers
5: Dr. Oh, Giggles. God. Yeah. No. Um, Dr. Giggles
2: sounds like a 90s clown who's
4: in jail for life now. He's a dentist. He's a dentist. That's yeah. it God, I'm trying to remember the other just random, awful horror movies. We would just get like a stack of them. it be yes. like, here you go. And that would be like a weekend. But I mean, I I remember seeing this like on early HBO or something at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was way too young and- also just scared the shit out of me so yeah i've I read it i just remember those the two big like, foundations of the thing i have not seen the sequel slash prequel uh i haven't either that came out what 10 years ago
1: yeah i
3: think it was 2011 I either yeah I,
2: okay i want a really crazy norwegian horror film like the norwegian language prequel
3: Oh, oh well,
4: like what happened at that damn. Right. You know
3: that'll be a very um pensive film.
4: Yeah. For a hot second, Ben, I thought you were going to be like, I want a Norwegian director to make a movie about the monster mash. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I also
2: want that another that very pensive. I w- yeah, I want the very
4: also very
2: pensive. <laughs> ben. no, the thing, the moment that fucked me up so hard in this movie was the kennel scene. Now, beyond the usual, like, dogs are dying, and I sure as shit don't like that. Yeah. What fucked me up about that scene more than just dead, like, dying dogs was the one dog who was so very clearly trying to chew an escape hole and knew what was going on and was trying to escape, and that level of fear and intention just made it so much worse,
3: and that fucked me up, seeing that dog, like, Trying to get out. Yeah, the dog death I think is the most difficult thing for me in this movie, but the body horror kind of balances it out. Like the way that they do the body or- horror and the way that these monsters are depicted, this movie for me it kind of has everything. Like it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Alien, etc. Cronenberg. Like you have all these different factors of a great horror scenario. And also different aspects of like the isolation horror, kind of space madness horror. But you know, it's in the middle of Antarctica, it's the earth is in space. Here we go. <laughs> and then, and then we have the alien, and then we have the doubt. You know, we have zombie horror with like, you know, the undead and trying to lock the enemy outside. You know, so there's so much good stuff here i feel like one of the reasons that this is like a touchstone horror movie is that it has so much of that and it is also really well done from the acting to the cinematography to the effects you know the
1: soundtrack can we talk soundtrack any american soundtrack that like is just like tone setting from the very beginning that like pounding soundtrack in the background the whole time it's just like it won't let you relax
5: it yeah let you won't let you have a nice time It's like you said, like with like the dog actor thing, I mean, like the music in this movie, like it really sets the tone to like get your brain where it wants you to go. Like more so than most other scores, like
3: the entire
5: time you're just like, well, I dread everything.
3: And it's not a lot going on either. Like it's not a whole, you know, orchestral score or anything. It's just like one synth doing a boom, boom, boom. And that's it.
4: It's Uh. so minimal, but effective. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of Philip Glass. A little bit. A little bit, especially if you think about Philip Glass's treatment of the Dracula score. Yeah. If anyone has watched that. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. But
3: yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, I hate to use this term, but it feels very lo fi, chill, too. Rage you know? study,
2: <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> like last
5: minute study, too. Like it's a
4: yeah, last crunch
5: r- too lo fi, chill beats to get devoured too. It's, it's also kind of funny because it's like you expect when you watch a John Carpenter movie that you're going to get a John Carpenter score. Right. You wanted somebody else to do it, and then they couldn't do it. So then they got more Morricone, and Morricone's like, what would John Carpenter do? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like a Very weird loop.
3: Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, too, because for whatever reason, this a science question science lab. In Antarctica, all of their backup generators, they have the blue lights. So with that and the flare lights, you get the perfect cyan magenta with the synth.
2: They were there to test if the earth is flat or not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that one guy that was always smoking pot, you wonder, like, maybe he... uh... I don't know
2: how that man passed whatever psychological evaluation he probably didn't have to get into this space.
3: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I think he was just a wild card. They're like, sure, he, he had the drugs. It's, he's like, I'll bring the drugs. And they're like, okay, sure. Whatever.
2: Backup helicopter pilot. That really sounds like code for he's the basis drug connection, but we gotta give him some sort of title for tax purposes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they're seeing if you can grow pot in the Antarctic. That's, That's a yeah. good
2: experiment. Well, hey, yeah. that brings up a good question. Because with climate, do you think (laughs) they could do remake the thing now, or do you think climate change has just fucked it all up?
3: No, I mean Antarctica is still whack. That's
1: ice. That's ice.
3: I mean, yeah. yeah, And
1: I think like the climate change (laughs) would play a role in whatever the storm is that's keeping them inside now. They just yeah, yeah. And it's a freak century storm in the century because climate change. It's funny that you mentioned that because the one thing that I did think is like. There's no way they're making this movie now and not somebody drawing a direct comparison to like, oh, but the thing that the thing is going to do to the world is just the same thing we're doing to it. <laughs> I hate that.
2: There's <laughs> no way. <laughs> I was thinking like, you don't even have the Norwegians. Climate change <laughs> made a glacier break apart and the thing woke up,
5: even though it had been frozen
3: yeah i mean that's that
5: is the thing they they kind of and i I didn't really watch it but like there's that that amazon prime movie the tomorrow war with chris pratt where it's like the time travel thing where we had all agreed that didn't exist
2: (laughs) (laughs) we're fighting a war in the future so we need to recruit soldiers from the past
5: yeah and then it erased the movie from ever happening but like there is like they do that too there's like oh we gotta we got to get to Wait, the Antarctic and st- get the thing, the climate. actually plotted that movie? Yeah. yeah.
1: They're yeah. recruiting. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's the plot of, like, a jokey B story in Welcome to Night Vale. I
3: mean, are our Scientologists involved in this? It's the story <laughs> of a from an
5: Internet Table episode of Rick and Morty. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, it is like if this movie were made now, it wouldn't have been the Norwegians were drilling to check things out. It would just be like the beginning of the day after tomorrow. And then it's like, oh, no, the aliens are loose. Like, I that's... yeah, almost wish that
2: like throwaway line in the beginning was accurate. Like, yes, we are at war with the Norwegian. <laughs> the thing has awoken and it has declared allegiance to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> now fights for the Norwegians shit like, well sweden's got our back like again that's what right. it is it's like fucking weird ass boy and his dog just a norwegian scientist and a shape-shifting alien <laughs>
3: monster and he's played by keanu reeves so copyright uh 2022 progressively horrified <laughs> the thing is played by keanu reeves no <laughs> yeah. you no know, they're all played, played by Keanu the norwegian scientist is played
2: by a scars guard It doesn't matter. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Which off a scene, see if anyone fucking noticed. Noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I love the ending of this movie. Like, I mean, Blair is right from the beginning. Like, by the rules and logic of this movie, no one can make it out alive. Like, you can't risk anyone making out alive. Yeah. And that the movie commits to not necessarily a happy ending, but like, the only successful ending
3: well actually there is one better ending and that is keith david and kurt russell make out
5: okay oh all right but the the funny thing is with that ending though if they're just gonna stand there if they're gonna like just hang out until they freeze to death eventually someone's going to come and see what happened to that station yeah one of them is infected and thaws them out it just starts all over again yeah just wanted to go throw themselves in the fire Yeah.
3: Yeah, I yeah, mean I, I assume that they do something like that or that they like blow themselves up or something like that. But I mean, I'd I'd rather see them just kind of look at each other and watch the place burn than see them just explode. I do oh, appreciate sure. how
2: much of the movie Kurt Russell spends holding dynamite like it's a baby doll.
3: <laughs> how else are you supposed to hold it? <laughs> I mean, it is his like security baby or it's his, <laughs> his security baby mite. It's a security dynamite, like it's fragile. It's the one thing that he has that is this <laughs> trump card. And he's like, I don't have a like a bag of holding for this dynamite. I have my <laughs> bullet belt and my proton pack fucking flamethrower.
1: And I, I just love, I mean, not that it's completely inaccurate, but I love how much it's like a Looney Tunes bundle of dynamite. Too. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> like, it, comical... symbol. This is fucking dynamite. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a comical amount.
2: Yeah. anyone listening to this, by any chance, is an Arctic researcher, (laughs) please at me. Is it common for Arctic research expeditions to come equipped with multiple flamethrowers? Shit freezes. Is that (laughs) standard science equipment in the end? Yeah. Shit freezes.
4: Yeah, shit freezes. So, instant thaw, yeah, absolutely. That's like what? saying, is it
1: possible for people who do uh, research in Florida to not bring bug repellent? Like I'm sure I'm sure they bring plenty.
3: I, I s repellent. You call do flamethrowers if you're in Florida. I mean yeah. that also repels bugs. <laughs> Emily,
1: going off of your desire to see uh, Kurt Russell and Keith David tenderly hold each other at the end, I do admire the fact that as compared to some of the movies we've watched recently. This is a movie with a dozen guys in a secluded place that manages not to just pack in the gay jokes.
3: Yeah. But yeah, that's I
2: appreciated. It's not be delightfully hello erotic either.
3: I mean, that fingering of the face bit where Wilford Brimley like puts his fingers into the dude's face, that's uh, the
2: that's <laughs> define anything Wilford Brimley does as sexual. Because for my <laughs> own sanity, I don't.
1: I mean, well, I just define everything he does as sexual, honestly. That Cajun to...
2: accent and hard target was definitely a panty drop. Are we back on
3: hard target? <laughs> I was gonna say although oh, give me a hard target.
4: <laughs> we're only talking uh, talk about one Jean Club band damn movie a day. We've already okay. exceeded hard target. So
3: Well, that's the thing, is we're just gonna talk about Hard Target. Uh, like this episode mil- is not a milk it.
2: This it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> episode right. is sponsored by Hard Target.
1: Right. Hard target during Scott Speedman.
2: After Dark Target. Look, do you want us to look? We could be talking about Double Team, the movie he made with
4: Dennis Rodman. We could. But don't we think just say double, team, double Team's great, but not today. No, I think
3: we already said it. Yeah. We've set our, our target for cheese.
4: that's right.
3: Yeah, there's not a lot of gay jokes in this movie, but I mean, I feel like if there was anything other than the the face fingering, like there were a lot of very intimate, I, I wouldn't say like sensual, but there was like a lot of intimate communication between these guys. Like they seemed, you know, very familiar not with not each enough other. That, I, I, not enough
1: nope. once things started going down.
3: I well, I mean, Blair care. needs to learn I how to wander like... wander off by yourself. I don't
2: think, and this may be a reason why if I have to be, you know weird ranky ranking which that we're recording that sunday i would put alien over this because i think the themes and the societal message of alien is stronger i don't know how much like this movie is about something larger or communicating themes beyond paranoia or exploring a interesting concept but that concept is so interestingly explored and they execute the horror and the tension and the paranoia so well that even without larger themes I still like the viewing experience is just so good because even if it's not quite as narratively ambitious it just it it just succeeds and is executed so so fucking well
5: yeah
3: yeah I would agree for sure I love alien. And I, and I think I
5: do think that there are times where if someone wanted to accuse it of feeling slow, I wouldn't argue that too hard. But this one is just like I feel like this one kind of like just moves along. It's really tense the whole it's, time. I feel like that's the advantage it would have, you know it's alien
2: exciting pair the two. it is like it's such an exciting open. like Arctic wasteland, a single dog racing through the snow. Being chased and shot at by a helicopter. You know, playing horseshoes with grenades. It's such a great, exciting, mysterious open.
3: Except for the batteries not included bit. Like, i if you just start after the batteries not included UFO. And just go to the thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, that's how I would recommend this with, movie. Again,
2: how long was Wilford Brimley the thing? Like, right. was he putting together this...
5: You entire ass UFO. I don't know, but did anybody like laugh uncontrollably when the, he they open the window of the shack he's in and the noose is like right in frame in front of them?
3: I didn't laugh, but I did <laughs> exclaim. I <laughs> was like, I didn't know how to feel about that. Like,
5: <laughs> I feel like it was supposed to be a joke and I fell for it.
1: <laughs> the threat of the noose as like, Yes, he is. He's made himself a noose just in case he just needs to go ahead and hang himself to make sure that he doesn't, you know, get gotten by the thing. Is operating at the level that I would rather this movie generally operate. Like the stuff that's going in this movie that that works for me is the stuff that like doesn't need a long explanation. We get it. We get what him making a noose means.
3: Yeah, we can do the the visual math just fine.
1: Yeah, I think that also <laughs> got a reaction from me. I, it might have been a chuckle, but it was more of a like the chuckle, it's like,
3: it's oh. like a crowd. Oh. <laughs> so although with the juxtaposition of that, and then like I don't know, I feel like the noose being between him and the door. Although there wasn't really anywhere else in that shack, I feel like a little bit of that was him communicating, like please don't leave me in here that long. <laughs> I am going cabin fever <laughs> crazy yeah. because also with earlier when uh, God, I can't remember his name. The guy got shot in the leg by the the Norwegian. Where he was asking Nalls to like turn down the music because he got shot. <laughs>
0: hmm. that shot just...
1: Bennings. Yeah.
3: Bennings. Yeah. The ben... <laughs> That was kind of a mood though. Like Bennings is like, I... come I on, man. Shot. Could you turn down
5: the music? <laughs> I also love that the music is so loud that you can't really hear his response
3: when he's like, yeah, I got it. Like, yeah. like yeah. You can't really hear him say it. Like I feel for both of them in that situation. Also Nalls with the roller skates. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like if you had if you were in like a scientific uh, installation with a bunch of concrete floors like that, you'd need some ramps maybe unless he was that good. You know, he could do like the hop skip. But yeah. anyway,
1: I think it's interesting the fact that we do have two people of color in this cast and there's not like a big deal made about it. I think, you know, being a paranoid thriller, there's plenty of opportunity yeah. for them to be like, he's not our type. You shouldn't trust him. And thankfully, they they do not they keep going right past that um i just, yeah. like this movie manages to avoid diving too deeply into thematic stuff like that without it seeming like
5: it's it it, it avoids it. it avoids feeling like it was made in 1982 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's right it's, that's the yeah. kind of stuff that like would have been in, in so many movies and then like now you'd be like, well, at the time, yeah sort of sidesteps that
2: stuff. Again, the effects, I mean, there's a reason it's still held as the bart today. Like every creature design and body horror and effect, like it holds up. It still looks incredible. Like this is one of the greatest monster designs like ever put on film. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Heads coming out of things, eyeballs, teeth—like this—is just like impossible biology put to film in a
4: way. It's like, not—it's not impossible biology. I think some of the inspiration came from there was a giant tumor this woman had.
3: Oh God, yeah.
4: <laughs> and this thing, this tumor they removed because of just tissue cells. It did have teeth. It did have eyes. Like it was something out of like this, but it's just human cells. So I don't think it's impossible. You know,
2: if my head starts growing spider legs, I'm going to be so mad and I'm going to blame you, Lan. That's
4: fine. <laughs> that's what I'm here for.
3: Yeah. Lan will have the uh, <laughs> so get the uh, credit for the <laughs> medical discovery. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Spider yeah. Head.
4: yeah, old spider head. That's spider, head
1: spider head. <laughs> just interesting dna with malignant that way i feel like oh my <laughs> God.
3: well malignant malignant had that sort of conjoined twin situation and you know the, yeah. uh, the tumor that you're talking about and i can't remember the name of it i, I remember looking it up multiple times because i was like every time i look up body horror for reference i'm like That's our am i gonna am i gonna jump into this documenting reality thread uh yeah but no, the, <laughs> that,
2: that thing where a movie is a uh, bad shit
4: bonkers. Yeah, it was a ovarian tumor.
3: Yes, it was an ovarian tumor that had like a certain amount of teeth, and and yeah. it wasn't it had nothing to do with gametes or anything. Like it was just this one kind of tumor that just made everything. Yeah. Um, you think about stuff like this that is that this kind of body horror that comes later. Like you think about Akira, that is the same kind of body horror in the same kind of presentation but this movie is a live action movie with practical effects that is just as effective if not slightly more effective than like the weird giant flesh baby in akira you know i mean
2: when you have like dog heads coming out of cages like just crazy gnarly stuff oh cool
1: yeah it's fucked up. It's yeah, I feel like we've we've covered pretty much everything on there. I mean, I guess the next question, now I feel like I know the answer to this, is: Would you guys recommend people if they haven't watched the thing,
5: or even if they have? Oh my god, watch it right now! Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. A million oh times. Yeah. When I first started dating my wife, she said that she'd never seen it, and I was like, "Well, buckle up, there we go."
4: <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, that's the correct. That's the correct. Are you having trouble? I think my cat's about to throw up, make its own little thing. You good? Oh, no, don't <laughs> trust it. You good? Okay, we'll see. Get the flamethrower, thrower. All right.
5: <laughs> Girl. Don't let it near the kennel of the other cats.
4: It's a house full of senior cats. There's always something going on.
3: Aww. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the, that.
4: The youngest is 10. So, oh. but, yeah, absolutely. Like, nine thumbs up. Just, like, if you've never seen it, prepare
3: for a time. Yeah. Prepare I mean, time. mine mind the triggers you know like again dog death lots of animal i mean the there is more gruesome human death than dog death and the dog i mean the dog that turns into a spider basically becomes a different dog but it's still gruesome you know
1: yeah i love this movie this is one that as we were getting ready to watch it i was like so alicia we're we're watching the thing this week do you want to watch that with me or did you want to she's like nope i'm out
4: <laughs> they know, the have... Oh, okay. That's fair. At least you asked and was yeah. nice about it. So I know my partner has
2: no interest in these kinds of horror films.
4: Oh yeah. Off topic. Ben, did you observe Yonka for today?
2: No, because I've been moving and I figured I had enough stress going on in my life to try to also <laughs> fast. Okay.
4: That's God, fair.
1: Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> also off the, on the same topic, my my six year old discovered using the calendar that Yom Kippur is a thing, and I was explaining some of it to her yesterday. And then today we were at the park. Oh. And there was a group of kids that came to the park to come play, and she was like, "Do you think they're here for Yom
5: Kippur?" I was like, <laughs> I don't uh, think Yom, Yom Kippur is not really like a park that, holiday, buddy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. no, 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 you don't.
4: It's a little
5: <laughs> hungry head. <laughs> yeah, a cone. Feel bad. Tone, like, feel
4: bad. It, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where if people ask like, "Do I wish you a happy Yom Kippur?" Like, no. You know, you don't. Yeah. You wish me. You know, I hope my fast goes quick or or something like that. Yeah. My phone today changed <laughs> Yom Kippur to Tom Kipper. I'm
2: like, that's the new holiday mascot.
4: Love it. Love it. <laughs> love them. I love the... kipper. Is it a fifth? Uh, Is it... No, God! There was someone who just made Ram Kapoor. <laughs> yeah, Ram Kapoor, the space knight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gamar had Yeah, it's pretty great.
2: Yeah, I want to see the new Star Trek show just put in an alien named Yom <laughs> and see if.
4: I it anyway, it just made me think because I finally because I was on a I was on a plane and and I came home and man, it's just been a long day, buddy. Yeah, I'm not a great Jewish person. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was gonna say I'm sorry you couldn't observe it, but uh, you weren't missing much. Yeah, uh. <laughs> I missed out on being real hungry. I missed out, buddy. It sucks. <laughs>
2: I'm str- I've been spending the last like two weeks kind of just stressed out of my mind. I don't need to be adding like no commercial level hangry to that. <laughs>
4: no, no, you don't need that. You don't need that at all. You deserve better. Anyway, it just made me think to just ask real quick before I forgot, because I will forget. And I try not to forget my my heaps.
2: I like to go to service, at least in the
1: morning, but... Right, right. But this year was too much going on all day. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, moving is sort of its own atonement, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I did this to myself! Hey, everyone. (laughs) Think the
2: thing (laughs) would fast from consuming people on Yom Kippur. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> you think <fast>? he <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good.
3: Yeah, I, mean, he, I don't he, know about the deeper symbolism like, of that.
1: The thing obviously gets people's like memories and mannerisms and stuff. You think it's it's picked up a lot of like various religious <laughs> knowledge. And, uh.
3: I think on a long enough timeline, the thing would be like, okay, so we have these things and we have those things and all these things are like doing their, you know, the, their. That's what I'm saying.
2: I think there could be a version of the story from the thing's point of view, where it's just him routinely absorbing these memories and discovering the beauty and the wondrousness of the human experience but then immediately being set on fire with a flamethrower before <laughs> <his> flamethrower. <laughs> it can
3: explain that Because all I can do is go... Ah! It, it doesn't get long enough. They're just like, ah, the blood went crazy, flamethrower time. Like being drunk at a party and thinking that you're rocking out and you're just like rolling on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the thing perspective.
1: <laughs> My question with the the thing is like, they don't ever attack each other. So clearly they are somehow aware of like which ones of them are the thing. So like that would have been so to that... have different consciousnesses or they have some sort of mitochondrial network thing going on or I need them yeah. to not know because just... can you imagine just like the thing society, society like
2: the faux pas and the awkwardness of a thing <laughs> Another thing. It oh, was... shit, I didn't know you were fanged. It oh, was... shit, I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> I didn't know I you were Saying
2: goodbye and continuing to walk in the same direction, like, times 10. <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
3: I've
1: fanged. One of us. Oh, shit, sorry. Oh, my God, this is...
2: You're the... the...
3: Oh. Fingers are already halfway through the face. You're <laughs> we like, actually... Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was I'm already sorry. turning my stomach
2: into a, like, my torso into a mouth. Oh, boy, do I have egg on my face.
0: (laughs) You thought I was
5: an actual dog? Did you see how suspiciously I was lurking around the hallway? Yeah. A minutious dog. Like, just in behavior. The dog itself
1: is a good boy.
4: Well, yes.
3: It's 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 a a
1: fucking stellar dog actor, man.
3: I want to see a movie with that dog and the cat from uh, Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night.
2: (laughs) With that dog just, like, walking around with that
3: yeah, you got any nuclear codes? You can tell me. I'm a dog. What am I gonna do?
4: With <laughs> definitely not put them in. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think I think we wait. definitely all agree
1: that this movie is worth checking out. It,
4: Absolutely. Uh, okay. yeah. 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 I can't yeah. I I in a genre. I'm probably gonna watch it tomorrow now. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I won't put it on tomorrow. Okay, let's go. This is if you are a horror movie fan.
2: This is on a your must-watch list.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: should be should be an annual tradition, as it is at the Great British uh, bases in Antarctica, where they watch it during midwinter every year. So
2: I thought you were gonna for make real. Bake yeah. off, and I'm like, I don't remember those episodes, but I'm glad they exist. <laughs> well, what they do, they you do want? a bake
1: off. A, a cake that looks like the thing. <laughs> oh my god! Another scene you want. I love, I love that episode of Nail Dead. They it <laughs> <laughs> into the cake. Ew. Um, all right. Uh, all that said, let's, uh, let's get some recommendations. Uh, land, for people who enjoy this movie, what other movies would you recommend?
4: Hard Target. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if they enjoyed this, probably check out the Blob remake. The original Blob does not fold up, but the Blob remake is so good. You don't need the original and then obviously uh david Claire birds the fly oh yeah yeah we'll be talking
5: about that in a couple of weeks yeah those are definitely my two yeah kev what have you got you know i don't know that they're like you know outside of like what's already come up like i don't know that there's any that i can like think of the top of my head but maybe and maybe it's because we were <laughs> you guys just did event horizon mm-hmm. but i always like to recommend uh sunshine well and it was okay that was what i recommended honor event horizon okay yeah. that makes sense too but i just sort of like the kind of like confined space and paranoia and just sort of thing that i think that may have snuck in there that's a movie i love but i know a lot of people don't love so uh, well it,
4: it it definitely flew underneath the radar this is before like chris evans like really really blew. Off. yeah yeah so, i mean yeah that's a good one though yeah i don't think about that
1: and it that's is odd. actually I, I pitched that movie as being as smart as
5: Event Horizon thinks it is. Like it is
3: actually <laughs> I mean I mean like it's it a smart movie.
5: Yeah, that's that's a movie where they did actually talk to scientists and they just got to a point where they were just like, okay, well we're gonna have to ignore some of your stuff just to have the basic premise of the movie, but there's still some science in here. So. Well, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Ben, what have you got? What do you recommend?
2: I'm going to recommend Werewolves Within for more. Yes. We trust the locked room. Anyone could be the monster. Fun. Yeah. yeah. I right. haven't
1: seen that. That's on my list though. Yeah, I've been so Werewolves to... Within is really good. Yeah.
3: It's a no. It's been on my list because of Harvey E.N. And I've been wanting to watch it. But uh... I'm
1: waiting for it to show up on streaming somewhere.
3: Yeah. Same.
1: I think my recommendation, and uh, this is only partially because they they share a fantastic actor, but it's They Live, is another <laughs> okay. uh, paranoid okay. thriller of sorts. It's much yeah. more of an open world,
4: and it's much sillier than The Thing. Um, Do you think Keith David is better in They Live or The Thing?
3: The Thing. I think
4: it's the same character.
5: Uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's pretty well. I think he has more room to do stuff in They Live. He is, like, really B-level in this movie, in this movie's cast, until, like, he survives at the end. So for a good chunk of this movie, he's just kind of popping in and out. But, yeah, They Live, he's much more central. And then you get, uh, of course, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who is always a good time. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, So I would recommend, if you like horror games... Check out that dead space.
4: Yeah, yeah. Dead sure. space
3: is is like the thing, Alien, and and uh, basically everything. Everything is there.
1: Dead space is also what Event Horizon thinks it is.
3: It wishes it was <laughs> dead space, but Dead Space has that, like it has it all, just like the thing does. Except it has a little bit more because it's in space. The space maybe dead i don't know that's the that's i haven't seen the end of it that and there's a really great adaptation of at the mountains of madness by Tanabe. it is a uh among distributed by dark horse check it out really beautiful and cinematic highly recommend so uh check out that book yeah.
1: um, but Ben also does recommend uh remind me if you haven't listened to uh the white Vault. The White Vault also takes place at a research base in the middle of nowhere and has the horrible horror things happening to people where they can't trust anybody and can't get out. It's worth checking out as well. Also, Hi. Green Room.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: If you want a movie that will just go intense and will <laughs> just freak you the fuck out, yeah. Green Room. Holy fuck.
1: <laughs> Why Patrick Stewart and Grizz from We Bear Bears? Oh. <laughs> Shit, yeah, now I have to write this. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spoiler. Yeah. Nazis. I mean, not much of a spoiler, but.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, he. Well, oh, wow. Yeah. That is the guy from Green Room, is the voice of Grizz. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He
2: gets, he gets so sliced open.
1: <laughs> uh, Leon, where can people find out uh, more about you and, and what you do and what you make online?
4: Probably. Twitter or Instagram or email, whatever. I mean, I'm not hard to find. So my Instagram is just my name, Landfits. My Twitter is pitched off. t s e b underscore O double F. I like puns. Uh just hit me up there, follow me. I'm usually yelling about some sort of wrestling or my cats and fun announcements that I've been sitting on for a while. Hopefully I can talk about them soon. Because I hate sitting on shit. I mean, we all hate sitting shit. But, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And
3: with that many senior cats.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of cat, a lot of cats though. But yeah. Uh and then, you know, I my regular day job working at a
5: game spot. So check out myself there. Oh, nice.
4: nice. And
1: uh Kev, where
5: can people find out more about you and what you do online? I would say, yeah, my Twitter is the best place for that, which is at Electric Dracula. What a great name. Yeah,
3: for I, real. Good. nice get. Oh.
5: I was watching yeah. the Monster Squad while drinking one day and he gets stri- and the Dracula gets struck by lightning and I was like there it is. That's pretty great. Uh ele- is that underscore? There's an underscore in my Instagram but my my Twitter does not have one. Electric. Uh oh, oh, I didn't
4: include the R. I'm done. I'm doing it all now. It's great. What a <laughs> Uh Electric Dracula uh, cool is a whole different thing. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Electric Dracula. So yeah thank you for having me on i'm sorry i'm dead and will just continue to die until like get home on the <laughs> uh 16th so <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, no hang in buddy. i will try yeah. i'll try and bud
1: well, i think so. we're we're all a bit run down at this point but this was a, a good movie to do that
5: with because i think it gives us all enough energy to get through yeah it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, none of us. None of us had to go into like a rage at any point. Where we were just like, "Yeah, this movie's tight, dude." Yeah, up. this movie's tight.
1: Oh.
3: yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Our review
3: tight. I've had a couple of yeah. Yeah.
1: fuck this movie uh, reviews yeah. recently, and this yeah. was
5: one of them.
2: <laughs> No, no, this would have been a uh, like fuck exclamation point. This movie, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> or, or <laughs> this movie, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: There it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> All right, and as for the rest of us, you can find Emily at Megamoth on Twitter and Mega underscore Moth on Instagram and at megamoth.net. Ben is at Ben McCann and their website is BenConComics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at five 58 and my website at jeremywhitley.com. And of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified, or yes, on... <laughs> The podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified. Our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm and on Twitter at pod, where we would love to hear from you. Speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you would rate and review this podcast wherever you were listening to it. Five stars would help us gain more followers, help more people find the show. And thanks again so much for Lan and Kev for joining us. This was a ball, guys. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, you, guys.
3: Yeah. It was awesome. It was tight. <laughs> All right.
1: We'll have to, move to talk about more things and stuff some other time.
3: Yeah, but we right. could talk about the stuff. The stuff. A different movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> another classic. Yes.
1: I mean, Finger. I do love. I do much prefer talking about movies about things to movies about its. So yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Bear.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, thanks as always to all of you all for listening, and until next time, stay horrified. <laughs>
0: Progressively Horrified is created by Jeremy Whitley and produced by Alicia Whitley. This episode featured the Horror Squad, Jeremy, Ben, and Emily, along with special guests Lan and Kevin. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and do not represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and was provided royalty-free from Pixabay. If you like this episode, you can support us on Patreon and you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Prague Horror Pod or by email at progressivelyhorrified gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.